it's great to have you back for another episode. As you already know, we are on the Revival Road, where we highlight what God is doing around the world every week. So get ready to receive. Follow our podcast channel, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and share this word with the world. Let's go. Today I want to give you the recipe for revival. The recipe for revival straight out of the Bible. 2 Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal their land. Then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Notice that real biblical revival has not culminated until the land has been completely healed. If the land is not healed, then God is not finished. And I'm telling you, we are on the brink of a season that we have never been before. Revival has broken out since the first century church. We, we can see mighty, mighty gospel explosions throughout history, Christian history. But I want you to see that we are on the brink of a great, great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you the recipe straight out of the Bible. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Notice revival is contingent on the church. If my people... He's not talking to the world. He's talking to you. He's talking to the church. He's telling us if we want to see a great awakening in the world, and believe me, we need it more now than we have ever needed it before. If we want to see historical awakening in the world, people coming to their senses and saying, what must I do to be saved? If we want to see that happen, Across the whole world, we have to have real biblical revival within the four walls of the church. Revival is contingent on the church. And the first ingredient to revival, we just read it, is a humble, humble, humble heart. True humility is found when we come to the end of ourselves because this is where God shows up. Jesus said it in Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. If you shall, if you are hungry and thirsty for more of God, he will fill you up. And he says that you're blessed if you're poor in your spirit. Was he referring to financial poverty? Absolutely not. What he was saying is, if you want revival, you have to humble yourself up under my hand and understand that there is nothing that you have or nothing that you can do within yourself to bring about 
lasting change. This was referring to spiritual bankruptcy in comparison to the cross. Apart from Christ, we can't do anything. It's the dawning of the first light. This is the first ingredient, if you will, to an earth-shaking revival. We have to humble ourselves up under the cross of Christ. And only then will we experience the power of His might. We can't seek His hand. We have to seek His heart. We have to humble ourselves. And then we will see the kingdom of God manifest in our life. True humility is returning to the Lord is our only hope. It means to burn the bridge to your own source of strength and to place full confidence and underdependence upon the Holy Scripture and the cross of Christ. In reference to real revival, you can't find this in a program, a better building, or even the best next innovative idea. No, the answer is and has always been in Christ. In Christ. We have to seek Him. He is the source of our life. In Him we live and breathe and have our being tonight. The sooner we recognize this reality, the better the church will be. Friends, we have to pray from this premise. We need Thee. Lord, we need Thee. Every hour we need Thee. This is true humility. Without Him showing up, we can't do anything. And I truly believe that God is looking for a people who will call on His name with a meekness of heart and a spirit of humility today. How dare we turn the house of prayer into a house of performance. I don't know what your spiritual assessment has come down to, but I say we are spending way too much time in our heads when it's time to seek the heart of God. What we need is heart power. In this hour, we need heart power. We need to humble ourselves. We need to bow our knee and we need to go hard after him. Perhaps it's time for a zealous prophet to come into the house of God and to overturn some tables and call us back to our original origin. It's time to hit the reset button. Our nation will not be transformed by a great church, but it will be transformed by a church who relies on a great, great God. What do you say? I say it's time to bow the knee and humble ourselves and return to true, biblical, faith-filled revival because this is the second ingredient. It's persistent prayer. He said to humble thyself and pray. Do you believe in the power of prayer? I hope so because you're a product of prayer. Have you experienced that wonderful miracle of an answered prayer? Then why is it that people pray so little? Leonard Ravenhill said, No man can ever be greater than his own personal prayer life. If we understand that prayer changes things, that prayer moves mountains, that prayer pulls down spiritual strongholds, then why don't we pray more? 
I know the excuses. I've used them for years. I'm too busy. There's not enough time. I'll do it tomorrow. My friend, if we are too busy, then you are too busy to not pray. Why not attack your day from the private prayer closet instead of letting the attack of the day drive you to the prayer closet? See, this has to be our mindset. Revival comes in answer to effectual, fervent prayer. Faith-filled men and women who who say I'm not going to do anything else today unless I pray prayer has to be our number one priority as saints this means revival is not found in a place but rather a position and that position is on our knees if we want to see revival birthed in our spirit nation church and family then let it be first birthed in you. Go to God in prayer and don't stop until the spirit of revival has revived your own life. How can this happen? Prideful people don't pray. Pompous people don't even show up on Sunday. On the contrary, humble people know that the source of everything they need is found at his feet. The greatest act of humility is to to sit at the Savior's feet, washing his feet with the tears of your worship. You heard me say it's time to reap. Now I say it's time to weep. It's time to weep. Read Psalms 126. Those who carry their seed to sow while weeping will come forth carrying their harvest in their hands with shouts of joy. Can somebody say hallelujah? There's a revival breaking out in our land. And the reality is this. The greatest phenomenon in American history can happen without you being a part of it. It can. So many people have missed notable moves of God because they were in the wrong state of mind and spirit. So help us God. Help us not to miss it. It can happen. I'm telling you, it can happen and we can miss it. But I say never, never, never. Not on my time clock. We're going to be right in the middle of it in Jesus' name because the third ingredient to revival is holy hunger. This is straight out of Scripture. He said to humble thyself and pray and seek my holy face. There have been times in my own life where I have set everything else aside. Life is seasonal. There have been times when I, I've, got, I've got so perturbed with, with my own personal life where I've been so um, restless what I see, with what I see in my nation and, and community and church that I unplugged from my, my, my own personal preference and said, God, I've got to see you. I, I've got to see you show up. God, I, I've, I've got to feel the brush of angels' wings. I've got to feel your presence. I've I got to break out of this religious monotony. I've got to see you move in my day. And the scripture goes on to say, 
If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. And I want to ask you today, are you hungry? Do you thirst for more of him? If so, it's time to abandon every other pursuit and consecrate yourself and concentrate your spirit on chasing after the one thing that truly matters, Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm telling you, God doesn't need another Billy Graham. What he needs is you to be full of him. He needs you to be full of his power and his glory and his might. And so today, I exhort you, be a God chaser. Humble yourselves and pray and seek his holy face. Do what you, whatever you've got to do. Do whatever you got to do. I'm telling you, He's calling you into deeper waters still. The fourth ingredient to revival is radical repentance. He says to seek my face and to turn from your wicked ways. And it's interesting how, how often I've heard 2 Chronicles seven fourteen quoted in prayer meetings and gatherings with great attention paid to humbling ourselves, praying and seeking with little to no emphasis placed on repentance. And this is the most diminished portion of this passage of Scripture, yet it is probably the most important. Remember, if you change the recipe, you change the overall outcome. In church without repentance, revival is utterly impossible. This is a damnable doctrine from hell that would cheapen grace and remove the wonder of keeping us from biblical revival from ever touching our land. Repentance is not a work of the flesh. Rather, it's a work of grace through faith. For by His grace, we have been convicted of sin in unrighteousness, and by His grace, we have been enabled to repent even now. And I'm so thankful that those whom the Lord loves, He chastens. Every morning I pray, Lord, search me and know me to see if there be any wicked way within me, and bring it into the light that I might repent before you, before I blow it big time. See, I have learned that the working of the Spirit of God is placed on him while the yielding is mine see the holy spirit is moving he's moving in your life but you have to yield you have to prefer you have to put him in the first place of your spiritual life high priority if you will church it's time to get back to the basics back to the original recipe, in humility, let us return to a position of prayer, seeking the face of God and turning from our wicked ways. Second Chronicles tells us that once we've thrown these ingredients onto the fires of the altar, then we will hear from heaven and God will forgive us of our sins and heal our land. And I know you've noticed revival is already stirring in churches across our nation as his people are returning to him in humility, prayer, hunger, and repentance. And I believe a national 
awakening is beginning to dawn. God is hearing from heaven. And regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey at this moment, I encourage you to go back to God's original recipe. And when you do, I have no doubt you will see results. Not because God is obligated to send revival, but because we follow his word. And when we do, because he has promised to do, if we will, God will. I preach myself happy up in here. This is real revival. This is the ingredients to see a real revival take place in 2023. If my people will throw these ingredients onto the fires of the altar, I will send fire from heaven. Joel 2, 28 says, And it shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. And also on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit, underline, in those days. We are living in those days. According to Acts 2, and I quote, when the day of Pentecost had finally come, he fulfilled this passage, but this passage is a perpetual outpouring of the Holy Spirit. For the past 2,000 years, we've been in perpetual revival. Some revivals have crested and declined, but I'm telling you, more Christians are alive today than they have ever been in the history of mankind. And it's time to stand up. Oh, Lord, it's time to reap. It's time to weep. And it's time to seek. Are you with me? Joel, he mentions four categories of people. Old men, young men, sons and daughters, and servants. Old men, young men, sons and daughters, and servants. And I want to ask you, what category are you in the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the waters as the waters cover the sea. Will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. God has covered every category. I'm telling you, you are covered. And God is calling you. He's wooing you. He's drawing you back into the secret place of prayer. And I promise you, when you bow the knee, if you will humble yourself up under his hand and seek his heart, God will lift you up in due season and you will be in perpetual personal revival. I could keep going today, but I want to say, what category are you in? Sons and daughters, teenagers, high school students, college-age people, 20s, 30s, 40s, singles, married couples, Elders, the Bible says everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What category do you find yourself in today? You know, he, he mentions servants. Those are ordinary people. That's me. Old men. Young men. Young people. Old people. Normal people. Revival changes the moral climate of the church and community and nation. He's calling, 
He's calling agents of revival, agents of His divine omnipotence and power. He's calling every person to come, to come, to come into this atmosphere of revival. These are the four ingredients to real revival, representing the four categories of people represented in Joel chapter 2. I'm telling you, he wants to bring them together to bring about a gospel explosion in our land. We will see our land healed. I believe it with everything on the inside of me. If you believe it, say, I receive it. I was watching TV not too long ago, and there was a news reporter in California, and they were talking about the, the smog issue that hovers over that city. And, and, and they were talking about the do's and the don'ts and the pros and the cons. And they were, they were talking about this issue. How do we get to the bottom of this issue? How can we save our city? There are people getting sick and we don't want it to get worse. Blah, 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 blah. And I believe that the news reporter said something that day that was very spiritual. Holding the mic, he said, it's almost like we need a wind from elsewhere to blow from east to west and to blow it out to sea. And when he said those few words, I thought, this, this, this is something that we need spiritually speaking. We need a win from elsewhere. We need a power outside of ourselves to come down into our situation. We need, to, we need the wind to blow from east to west and blow it out to sea as far as the east is from the west. We need the Holy Spirit, the, the power of Pentecost, the wind of the Holy Ghost. We need, we need Him to blow like He's, like he's never blown before. And when he does, I believe the smog problem, the sin problem, the sickness, the disease, the issues of everyday life, I believe that they will be be removed by the power and his might. We need a wind from elsewhere. And I believe if you put these four ingredients into a pot and you mix them by faith, the wind will begin to blow in your life now like it has never blown before. I speak that over you tonight. A wind, drug addiction, marital problems, financial problems, pain and heartache, grief, and so forth. It has to go. It, it has to go. I thought about the situations that people face that they think that there is no solution. Well, today... There is a solution, and his name is the Holy Spirit. It seems like there is no other way to fix it, but I came to tell somebody here today that the wind of elsewhere is going to blow through your sanctuary. It's going to blow through your bedroom. It's going to blow. God can save you, and he can heal you, and he will set you free. For these are the four ingredients to bring forth Hallelujah, those four categories of people. So grab a hold of God today and don't let go until you see what he has to say.
This program was made possible by the generous partners and friends of Chance Walters Ministries International. Until next time, we are on the Revival Road. For more information, download our free ministry app or go to our website at www.chancewalters.org. Indeed, the best is yet to come.